to Internet Marketing for Humans, digestible internet marketing insight and advice to help you grow your business. Hello, welcome back to Internet Marketing for Humans. I'm a human and I'm your host. My name's Andrew Laws. If you listened to this show before, you know that while we are loosely around internet marketing, we are also very interested in business as a whole. Now, I have someone with me today who is in digital marketing, very much so. My friend David Horn. Oh no, I was supposed to let you introduce yourself. Sorry, David. Leave this bit in. David, would you like to introduce yourself and, and tell us a bit about yourself? Well, uh, I'm not sure where to start now, Andrew, because you started for me. Uh, I'm David Horn from Keyhorn Internet. Um, I've been working in the internet industry since 20, uh, no, 1999, something like that. Started in education. Um, and I remember the fateful day when my, my senior lecturer said, I think the internet might be a thing. So, yeah, I've, uh, I'm very long in the tooth. been working in, in the internet for 20 years, 20 years plus. I've just realised we, we started at a very similar time. I started about 98, but 99 in earnest, really. Um, so did you go kind of straight to running your own agency or what was your path into to becoming... Um, well, I, I, I started in education, so I was teaching how to build websites. Um, initially, I was actually uh, teaching 3D animation, and uh, because it was that area, we started learning how to build websites, started teaching how to build websites, uh, then got headhunted by 2X students. Um, don't do that if you're a teacher. Do not go and work for students. That's a different podcast. I'll explain why. Um then three years after that, set up key horn with someone else. So he's the key, I'm the horn. Uh, then brought him out, and we've been going ever since. Wow. So what's what's the uh, what's your niche? What, which area of digital marketing do you focus on? Uh, we do a lot of business process automation. Um, we do a lot in hospitality. So we work with hotel chains. Um, we do a lot of restaurants. So we've worked with some big big hope big restaurant chains. So we were working for Casual Dining Group before COVID happened. Um, so we were working on most of their brands. It's not Bella Italia or Cafe Rouge, but they have a lot of other brands. So we used to do a lot of the, the smaller stuff for them. Um, and we, yeah, and big hotel chains, but I can't really mention who they are, but we, we work on, we work on some prestigious stuff. Cool. See, the, the process automation is it's one area of digital marketing that I don't think is really talked about enough. There's a lot of focus, and I'm guilty of this myself, talking about how websites work, how you market them, and a lot of emphasis on how you get an audience to a website and how you convert them. But we don't really talk about what happens after that point. So when, when you talk about process automation, what, what kind of, what does that mean? Okay. Um, for us, um, one of the biggest ones we've done is for a big hotel chain, and they have a, a roll-on process. So a new property says, we want to be your brand. They then have a 14-month window to convert from the existing brand to the new brand. And there is a defined number of steps and defined number of things they have to do. So without computers, that would be a big spreadsheet and someone would keep emailing them saying, you've got to do this next, you've got to do this next. And it's the same process. So we turned that into an automated process. So... The, the managers at the hotel brand, all they have to do is check in a, an admin and see if hotels are on target or off target. 
so that they can manage by exception because they're only dealing with the hotels that are having problems. So those that are on track doing the work just keep getting green lights and they, they, they really have to get in contact with them. It's, it's one of those things that in principle sounds very simple, but I imagine it's quite complex to set up. But then that, that's often the way with the best systems. Incidentally, listeners, if you are interested in process improvement, there's an episode of this podcast with somebody called James Kindred. I think it's called Don't Copy and Paste. But you know, that just, just as an aside. Okay, so David, a lot of your work is in hospitality industry. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. So we're recording this in March 2011. And I spoke to you probably about a year ago, and we had a conversation along the lines of, don't downplay it, but this COVID thing looks a bit serious. <laughs> I imagine we could probably use some spicier words at the time. And each time I've spoken to you since, it hasn't gone away. So for, for an industry that's that's very well for, for an agency like yours that's, that's quite focused on hospitality when hospitality stops what happens to your agency uh, well let's see going back i mean obviously the, the first problem we had was suddenly nobody was in the office so that was our initial problem so we weren't necessarily focusing on the fact the clients had just cancelled everything we're focused on the fact that we couldn't work anymore um but once we're worked out how people were going to work um it's you know, so yeah li literally 80 percent of my client base just either went if we haven't paid for it it's cancelled oh and by the way this is casual dining group um we're about to fold so we need you to hand us back 11 websites wow because because that they you know they were being uh, converted into another company and you know but they paid us and everything they did it all you know they, I have no qualms about it because they did what they had to do but for you know business hospitality it was difficult mm -hmm. so we were left with largely a whole series of assets for from different clients that had been built and just weren't being used anymore so we had the IP for them mm -hmm. um, so we started spinning up different sub brands so the first thing we did was Keyhorn Limited had two sides of the business. One side is small businesses, the other side is the, the larger kind of marketing agencies and franchisees and stuff. So we split that into two. So we had two websites. We then started doing these sub-brands. Um, and we also had uh, the, a, a charity, which we'd set up already, and we had a cycling group that we'd already set up. So... The sub-brands, one's called Quick Restaurant, and that is some templates we'd already built for restaurants that weren't being used anymore, so no problem with using them. And another one was a brand asset management system we'd built for another client. They didn't need it anymore, so we had the IP back, so we just rolled those up. Um, but largely because the, the more cherries you've got out there, the greater chance you're going to get a bite. And ultimately, if, if you've got a lot out there, there's, a, there's an element of smoke and mirrors about this. You know, you we, we have the competence, but if you had one website um, or just one brand, you don't necessarily get the full flavour of what we can do because you might only be looking at part of it. Mm -hmm. And you might only have spoken to one person. By having these multiple brands and having these multiple websites, that gives us better SEO because it's more focused, more targeted. 
the greater the chance that someone's going to find one say that's what i'm looking for because ultimately people want to buy when they find the exact thing they want so if they found when we had one website and they found one page they may or may not go somewhere else or it just might not be what they want or it's just one bite of the cherry um but having the multiple ones we think just gives us better better footprint um and shows off the skills we have i mean for me it's it's one of those kind of moment of clarity things when you explained this to me when we were talking previously that it makes so much sense because the, the problem a lot of agencies have, my agency included, is that there's an awful lot of things we can do. And there's a real danger of appearing to be a jack of all trades, master of none with, with a lot of agency sites. Because in simple marketing terms, if somebody says, what do you do? You can't say we do it all because it doesn't, it doesn't solve the pain point. It doesn't answer a problem that the person who's arrived at your doorstep has. So I really like the way you've split things out so did this generate i mean was this a lot of work to kind of set up sub brands well most of my staff were furloughed so um or rather they were furloughed but the when we didn't have a lot of client work going on so we essentially became our own client Mm -hmm. we had we had money so we were using some of that money to pay for the staff to do this internal stuff Partially because we had to be doing something. Um, and a lot of this happened before they were furloughed and after they, they could be part furloughed. So not a lot happened when they were fully furloughed. And that, that was, in reality, a relatively short period of time. But once they could be part furloughed, we started saying, okay, let's do this now. And it was an internal project. You know, it keeps, keeps the team together, makes us stronger moving forward. So it seemed like a reasonable investment. Um, Again, it, it, for me, and I'm sure for the listeners, it, it, it just makes total sense because you're saying you had the assets. And um, so I'm going to do a bit of a, a jargon buster. You talked about owning the IP. So you own the intellectual property. So the, these are things you developed that, that were owned by, by, your, by your agency. So essentially, you found yourself with a toolbox and with a bunch of artisans with, who needed something to do. So kind of putting the two things together, just it just makes, it makes total sense. And, and I can see that by the way, listeners, if you go to Keyhorn Digital, and it's K-E-H-O-R-N-E dot digital, and I'll put the link in the show notes, if you scroll right down to the bottom, you can see these other brands. And what you'll notice is none of them are a million miles away from each other, but each one's quite nicely crafted and quite quite kind of beautifully focused for each each area of the um, of the business. I'm a fan, in case you couldn't tell. Uh, yeah, I think... <laughs> I'm, I'm blushing, and I don't think the viewers can see that either. <laughs> Because it, it it speaks to a message which which is so positive and it's something that that I mean one of my clients is a wedding photographer and he, he's done well he's you know he's worked hard at it and um, I've not had him on this podcast I don't think yet because he swears more than any man I've ever known it, it's it's like white noise it's every other word it's amazing but he's a wedding photographer and he's um, a guy from Toronto a loud beardy <laughs> I don't know why I'm explaining him. <laughs> <laughs> basically a, a gobby bloke from Toronto and if if he hears this he'll probably feel quite proud that I described him as that and he rang me at the start of lockdown and at first of all he said what am I going to do he said all my weddings are cancelled he said oh, this business I've been building up has gone it's just yeah. his name's Avi he said Look, Avi I've known you for a long time I've seen you just turn your hand to pretty much anything 
So just look at what your assets are. Think about what you've got already and what you can pivot to. And he rang me about two days later and said, oh, I've started a baker. I said, you what? He said, well, I'm Jewish. I'm Canadian. I'm a baker. So I started a bagel bakery. A bagel? A bagel bakery. That's amazing. And it's gone berserk. I ought to give him, um, give him a plug, really. It's bagel or <laughs> bagel or beagle.co.uk. And it's B-E-I-G-L. It's because if you're Jewish, they're not bagels, they're beagles. And it's gone berserk. It's gone absolutely mad. But he made that pivot in the space of about 24 hours and, and had right. mind. I mean, this is the thing that I want to get across to anyone listening. And, and I don't want to be patronising and say, oh, if you're having trouble, then just do this. <laughs> but, but the reality is you are another another example of looking at the assets you have in difficult times and, and pivoting. And that's why I wanted to speak to you. So, I mean... I should probably have asked this before we started recording, but how's it working out? How's it? How's the plan panning out? Uh, we're starting to see some traction. Um, we were starting to see some traction before the second or third lockdown started. Um, then everything closed again and people suddenly got really scared, obviously, about how long it was going to last. They didn't spend any money. But we're, we are seeing traction and we have sold some of it. Um, But we're just going to keep marketing it. But we're thinking now we have a route out of lockdown uh, that we're in a position that we will start to get busier and we will start to sell more of it. So, no, it hasn't changed the business overnight, but we're in such a strong place compared to where we were um, that, uh, you know, it will make a difference. I know it will. As the market starts to kind of come come back to life and starts to wake up again, you now have more to offer absolutely I, I wish i'd opened a bagel bakery now you know it, it is unbelievably popular the, the guy he's, he's doing his nuts in a bit because he, he rings me and he's like people keep on ordering i'm like Avi, that's a really good thing it's like i i need to sleep sometime i can't keep making bagels i'm like this is one of the problems that's nice to have um well it's nice for me because i don't have to make loads of bagels and i get to go yeah to yeah cool. but, you know, it's yeah, sorry, the, the bagel thing. No, so, so, so you mean I don't have to go to the Brick Lane Bagel uh, in Brick Lane Bagels in London anymore? You can buy bagels online, and they are they are remarkable. He, he cures his own salt beef as well, and he, he makes makes his own pickles. And it's it's all I say he's, he's a Jewish guy, and it's all um, kosher, I guess the word is. You know, it, it's all yeah. recipes because he's. <laughs> He explained to me that the bagels you get in Sainsbury's, so they're just round, weird bits of bread. So there's no relation to them and, and actual bagels. But anyway, not here to talk about bagels. You keep no, no, no. But bagels are delicious. I'm having to talk about bagels for a bit. That's fine. Um, yeah. So, so what's what's the future? I mean, obviously, things as lockdown starts to un, un, unfurl or refurl. I'm not sure which it would be. Um, it kind of. Kind of, I should have recorded this in a few months' time, but I think it, to me, this already is a success story. I, I don't, I'm not sure we need the punchline of and now David's driving around in the Rolls Royce. You know, it's the, it's, the, it's um, what's what's the future? Well, I'm well, I, I have a business coach anyway, um, and so I, the we're changing the structure of the staff, structure of the business, so that I'm less involved in it. So moving forward, hopefully the fact we split the business out, hopefully because we've got all these sub-brands and assets, the marketing will just happen, people will start buying, 
and it will grow and then I'll be able to not step away from the business but be able to just be much more of a kind of nurturing hand rather than actually be quite so much involved in the business and then I have plans for some other things that I want to get involved in some other projects we haven't spoken about coaching so this is always a danger when I when I interview kind of a friend for for the podcast that we just evolve into kind of chatting but hey it's going to happen I didn't realize you had had a coach that is something I'm a real believer in myself yeah yeah it's um I, I I used to have a friend who I just used as an independent voice. So I bounced ideas off of him, et cetera. But the difference between him and a business coach is you're paying the business coach. So you make it work. Whereas a friend is just someone you might meet down the pub. And although that's still important, there is a real difference. You know, you really try and get the value from it. And the business coach knows they're working for it, you know, because they're not cheap. So, you know, you really have to feel as if you're getting value from it. But it just get, it's changed my mindset. Um, he's more than happy to say when I've had a good idea and kind of move away from what he was thinking to what I was thinking. So it's not, um, he's not trying to turn me into a kind of carbon copy of himself. He's just trying to help me to develop the skills that I already had. Um, yeah, it, it absolutely mirrors my own experience. When I started speaking to to my coach, out of just a theory that I've been in business for a very, very long time, and I didn't study business, at, I didn't study anything at school and college, to be honest, I was going to be a nurse. No, so I studied nursing, but anyway, that's beside the point. Um, and at first I was thinking, well, I probably ought to know how to do business. I've survived for this long, but it probably didn't need to be as intense as it has been. And he started with a similar tack of what we need to do is kind of not remove you from the business, but but put you in a position where the business doesn't rely on you 100%. And my first reaction was, I'm a consultant and an agency. That 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 flat out cannot happen. But what's, what's evolved over the last couple of years is that some of the mechanical processes, I mean, really basic, you know, basic mechanical things like getting the accounts right. I now have help from that from the VA. And now I have this person over here who helps me with that. And what it's done, it hasn't removed the personality of my business at all. What it's done is allow me breathing space to oversee things as a CEO, I guess, should. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the whole thing with business coaches, I think they all follow the tact that you should work on your business, not just in your business. And holy crap, they're right. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I I think, and what my the business coach says is that you can, you can work in your business if it's a lifestyle business, but never ever complain about being too busy. If you want it to grow, you have to work on your business, not in your business because there's only so much of you to go around. So you you, you can't have both things. So processes that that make the huge difference. I mean, this, this is another reason I wanted to talk about your kind of pivoting and, Kind of expansion but segmentation of, of, of your branding because it, it speaks to that as well it's a process and you are an expert in processes so i kind of was going to ask you if you had any sort of takeaways that we could give the listeners really because you come from the perspective of digital marketing which is you know obviously fascinating to me and, and incredibly useful for your clients but also this this expertise in processes having those two things under one roof i would yeah. I would think gives you a pretty neat insight. Have you got any nuggets nuggets of um, 
advice that you can pass on to them? Yeah, well, the, the, ob- the obvious one, and hopefully everyone knows this, is never use the word problem or use the word challenge because a lot of people just use the word problem and then it's something to be solved rather than something to be explored. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a huge difference. Um, and and look at look at what you've already got. If you've been in business for more than six months, you will have a reserve of stuff that you can recycle, reuse, put on a website, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, if you're not busy, put more case studies on your website. Do you know? Do more networking. Get more. Uh, make sure you've got testimonials from everyone. You know, write the case studies. Do a course in Udemy or something. You know, that there's always something you can do no matter how bad the situation is. You know, because ultimately, if you're not busy, you've got free time, free time to build the business and work on the business. Um, that's a great ending to the recording um, to the episode. Um, what a great, what a great story. Okay, so if people want to find out more about you and about Keyhorn Digital, where can they find you? Well, uh, I had to correct you. It's actually key. It's just Keyhorn. Keyhorn.digital is one of the brands. Oh, see, you did your research. <laughs> um, yeah, you can either email me at david at keyhorn, K-E-H-O-R-N-E.co.uk, or if you go to the website, keyhorn.co.uk, you can see all of the other brands um, and you can see the main website and you can contact me through that. Great. I also recommend you connect to David on LinkedIn. Um, David, you're always saying something interesting and you always have an insight that's that's valuable so listeners there you go go find david i don't think you'll be disappointed and, and thank thank you andrew as, as ever that was a fa- fantastic conversation <laughs> that's very kind of you. you 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 put you put it in sorry i need to stop recording because we're going to start just waffling a bit but anyway there you go listeners thanks a lot for listening please do the like subscribe thing you wouldn't believe how much difference it makes when my mum asks how well my business is doing okay so thank you very much and bye-bye i'm going to say goodbye david would you like to say goodbye i would like to say goodbye thank you very much listeners i hope you enjoyed it bye-bye